Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Blaze Experience once again. You are joining us for another episode on Sata Decay 2. Today's episode is episode number 46, and we actually have a very special treat today. We're going to talk about the top 10 melee weapons in Sata Decay 2. And it's, you know, kind of surprising to me even that out of 46 episodes, we've never talked about the melee weapons yet. So I figured, you know, now is the time to do it. And I actually have a great guest here to do it with me, but we'll get to that in one second. First of off, we have some news items to take care of. So our next podcast is probably going to be a pretty brief one. It's probably going to be a little bit uh, shorter than it used to, but I'm going to go over some of my impressions on the Generation Zero beta. Generation Zero is a game coming out next year that is similar to State of Decay in a lot of ways, I think. So we'll get into that on Wednesday. That'll be the next podcast. Our next stream, when you're hearing this today, this is going to come out on a Saturday. So today, I'm going to have a stream from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. playing some State of Decay 2 Daybreak. From 1 to 3, I'll be playing with Jurgen, my partner from the Undead Trials, once again. So he's a Undead Labs developer. I'll be playing with him from 1 to 3. And then from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., I'll be playing with Mr. Dart, who organized Undead Trials with me. So that's what's coming up next. And now we do have a guest, like I said. This guest is a Twitch streamer. He is a great member of the State of Decay community. He's someone that participated in Undead Trials, and, you know, he's an all-around great streamer, and I love watching his streams. Please welcome to the podcast for the first time, Kay Sizzle. How are you, Kay Sizzle? I am very, very well, Sir Blaze. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for joining me today. Oh, thanks for having me. It's an honor, to be sure. And it's always an honor being in your streams, too. You have great streams, and I really love watching them. Oh, I appreciate it. Every time you come in, man, you, you, you add... Uh... Uh, the Blaze Spark, uh, the Blaze Experience, to, <laughs> yes, to my exactly. chat and to the kingdom, and so it's an honor having you there as well. Every time you come in, appreciate definitely. You I appreciate that. Thank you. But I did mention Undead Trials, and you were a part of that, and obviously I was too because I organized it with Mister Dart. So, what was your experience on Undead Trials? Did you enjoy it? Oh, did I enjoy it? I, I don't think there's words. Um, it was an immense enjoyment for me i it was a dream come true for me being a long time state of decay i mean i call myself the first true knight because i've been playing state of decay since its release as a it was a demo in 2013 summer 2013 and um, i've just been playing pretty much state of decay one uh for five years up until just this past may when state of decay two came out and um so having a, an event or being part of an event where you got the elite playing, you know, at elite levels and competing and just having a good time. Uh, dream come true, man. I enjoyed it. I can't wait for the next. Yeah, I agree for sure. And we're definitely going to have more events in the future. So stay tuned to that, you know, everyone that's listening. And it's definitely true what you said. You know, we had some of the most elite players playing. Like, just for example, in the duos tournament, I think um, some of the worst teams we had they still had four day breaks in four hours. So, like, if that's your worst teams, then that's pretty good. <laughs> exactly. That's what I mean. Elite level of gameplay. Even the solos. You had uh, guys who, it was their first time playing. They were unlocking things still. And, you know, they were they were grabbing day breaks and uh, making it to the, the most difficult wave, uh, deep into the most difficult wave without having some of the unlocked weapons and explosives that some of us who have everything unlocked have they were making it to them and it was just just some great 
a, a great, amazing four days of some elite level gameplay of Daybreak. And it was a dream come true for me to, to be a part of it and to watch it all. Absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned that with the unlocks too, because my partner, Jurgen, who's one of the Undead Labs developers, he had never had a Daybreak before when we played together. And on top of that, he had like all these starting unlocks. So we did all those runs without any minefields. You know, he didn't even earn his uh, Cleo hand axe until like later in the runs. And we still ended up doing some challenges like behind the walls. We did challenges like uh, no wall repairs, period, with those, without those good weapons. So that's kind of that's a nice amazing. setting. That, that's legendary right there. When you're a Daybreak player, if you're a Daybreak player and you're listening to this, you know how, how amazing that is to be part of a tournament and not have, you know, some of those special people unlocked. Yeah, it was and right at the end of the stream he got the minefield. So. Oh, wow. That's great. <laughs> so, at least if he competes again next time, you know, he'll have the minefields ready yeah. to go next time. Yeah, he'll be ready. But I, I definitely appreciated him joining the tournament. He was a great partner. I really love competing with him. And I really love any, everyone that competed. You know, the solos, the duos, all the streams are great. And I really love watching all of them. So, I really appreciate, you know, anyone that competed that's listening to this. I really appreciate you all competing. So, thank you for competing. Yeah, my pleasure. I got a chance to see a lot of the runs. I got a chance to see you and Jordan's run. Uh, as well, legendary, epic, historic, and some of the words that come to my mind, like you said, and he unlocked his uh, <laughs> deployable mines right at the end. So you guys were grinding out there, like I said, some, some historic runs. Uh, so I appreciate being invited to be Absolutely. I definitely want to give a special shout out to our champions as well. Our solo champion was Fall Down Go Boom. He had pretty much, you know, a textbook perfect run for solos. And he did some very hard challenges for solos. So he is our solo champion. And you can see him stream again on Saturday. He's going to stream with some of the Undead Labs developers because that was one of the prizes. And our duo run, that was actually on Thursday. Sarkoth and Screwloose, they had pretty much a perfect duo run. They had basically no mistakes the entire time. And like the only mistake they had was not realizing something was a rule. So that when that's your only mistake you have is not realizing something's a rule, that's pretty good run. Epic. Yeah, uh, again, yep. Um, and that's what level was in this tournament, this first of its kind tournament uh, for Stairs of Decay and Daybreak was, uh, you know, you got, you, you got people having to have flawless runs in order to be named champion. And, and uh, that's, that's pretty awesome. And, yeah, Fall Down Go Boom. Uh, hats off to him, new to the State of the K community, uh, an incredible streamer. I've been on his streams and, uh, um, just, I, I, not, I can't say enough about his streams. He's, he does some wacky, zany things, uh, uh, audience participation, <laughs> asking him to do some very, very fun things like play with his controller upside down or, or, uh, having to drive across the map. Uh, only driving, uh, things like no backpack. I mean, some fun things that they have him do. Um, and he does them all, uh, flawlessly. So he is, he had a, a great stream, a great four hour run. Uh, and the two duos champions. Oh man, I was there for the first start of theirs. And actually one of the players, uh, once I played my first trio victory with. And if you're a daybreak player, you know how hard and difficult it is for trios to the victory there so amazing players. amazing players no they're definitely great and you know they definitely deserve their championships so I'm, I'm glad for them that they won it you know because they had some great runs but um 
We're going to be moving on from talking about Undead Trials, though. But just one last quick shout out. You know, thank you again, Mr. Dart, for organizing this all with me. You definitely did a great job. You were a great partner in this whole thing. So thank you very much for organizing with me. I really appreciate that. Yes, my B-Fam, if I can chime in and say thank you, you and uh, B-Fam and um, Mr. Dart's broadcast, who's an awesome Twitch streamer, uh, my good friend. You guys put together, again, your, your second one of the community now. Uh, we thank you for putting together such an awesome uh, event, which will, again, chime in the future because we put together kind of a, a framework here that I'm sure other Daybreak players will want to be a part of. And we'll Absolutely. Add, add more challenges to it. And thank you guys for starting something. Well, thank you for, you know, being with us for it. You definitely did a great job supporting us. And as did everyone else, I mean, we even had um, Rabbit and Tall Guy. They weren't even in the competition originally, but they stepped up mm -hmm. when we had some people drop out, and they stepped up and took their place. So thank you to them as well. So it was definitely a great event, and I look forward to more in the future. We haven't tried on my own yet, so I look forward to it. But speaking of streams, um, I know you have this whole persona with your stream. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? You have the Knights Trials, the Champions Boot Camp. So what is your you know whole persona based on and you know kind of you want to tell people about that a little bit sure my stream um well i'm an entrepreneur by trade and uh well, by passion <laughs> and uh i'm a lifestyle coach i have a brand called champions Bootcamp, um and that brand is a lifestyle coaching brand where i try to assist people with health and nutrition and uh overall really transitioning to a, a healthier lifestyle. Um, I got into that frame of work, a line of work in about 2010, uh, two years after I lost my mom to complications of diabetes. And Sorry to I, hear that. I, was, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I, was, I was given an opportunity to become a, sort of an online health coach. And uh, that was 2010, and it just kind of blossomed into me wanting to become uh, an, a lifestyle to kind of overall help people, not just with a fitness routine, but just a, an, an overall a, a total lifestyle change to a, a healthier lifestyle, because it's not just about fitness being healthy. Health and wealth have to do with a, a, a total body thing. So I came up with Champions Boot Camp. Because I believe life is a champion's bootcamp. It asks of you life itself. Uh, I heard or read someplace actually that says, uh, without a vision of people perish. And I find that true with all human beings. If you're not aspiring to something, your life is really perishing. It's, you know, it's going to the wayside. You're, you're not being useful or valuable. So life itself, it asks for you to be better than you were yesterday. Which and and to overcome the challenges that it presents to you, and uh, and therefore, that really is the definition of a champion, someone who overcomes. A challenge. Yeah, and I think that's definitely a great outlook too. And you know, I really appreciate that outlook. So I do, you know, hope your business has success with that because I think that's a great thing to actually do. So I I really appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah, and I try to incorporate incorporate that into my streams, and I use State of Decay as my primary flagship video game. Uh, as I stream because you can bring that out in its game. Yeah, and you know, you definitely stream State of Decay all the time. I mean, that, I think that's basically all you stream, which I definitely appreciate that too. You know, I stream mostly State of Decay, but I do stream some other things, you know, on occasions. Yeah. But um, I, I know you have your Knight's Trials for State of Decay too, so 
what exactly is a knight's trial and you know what are you trying to put your viewers through for these nice trials well the knight's trials are something i'm still developing because my persona I, I, the way i play state of decay one for the last five years lifeline specifically the dlc lifeline is in my mind i was a knight a knight in a zombie apocalypse you know, I was an ex-soldier, or I was a soldier who was sent on a mission that completely went south because of the onset of the apocalypse. And now me and my unit, what's left of my unit, are trapped in the city. We're promised evac from, you know, our higher-ups over the radio, and they're saying, no, we can't evac you. We need you to do this, this, and that. And, and all the while, save as many people as you can. And so in my mind... I was, you know, a well-equipped, I want to be a badass, I would be a well-equipped badass going around just saving people, and um, that's my personality. I would I would do that if that were to happen in real life, IRL, as, as we say in the streaming and the, in the video game. Um, so, I started calling myself a, a knight, and I've always loved the idea of knights, and knighthood, my entire life, I've always had a love for dragons, and and the uh, old English lore. Uh, so that was the first thing that come to my mind. I would be a modern day knight in the zombie apocalypse, well equipped, going around helping people to, to live. I would bring them back to my well equipped base. Um, I would either evac them or train them to be more efficient survivors. Uh, one of the two ways. <laughs> one of the two uh, paths for them to take. Yeah, and I think that's really cool how you actually, you know, develop that sort of RPG style and you kind of, you know, get really into the game that way because i do the same thing like uh, my people in my community i kind of have like own my own storyline i'm building in my head where you know basically my leader her name is taylor and she had her boyfriend who's like their second command but he died and oh. now she's all upset about it and now this other guy had to step up so i have like a whole storyline for me too nice i'm gonna have to see if that's in your stream because I would love to follow that. Um, I haven't streamed a lot of it yet, but I mean, um, I definitely have plans to, you know, tell the story uh, more in depth. So stay tuned for that. Yes, I was definitely stay tuned for it because I am the exact same way. I run my streams sort of in that way, um, mostly, mainly in that way. I have a, a legacy that I've completed with one type of character. I call him the Red Leader. And if you are a State of the K2 player, you know that there are players that kind of like look like ninjas. They have hoodies on with the mouthpiece covering yep. their mouth. And there was this one player, our character, our avatar, I call him. Uh, he was wearing a red one. It was the first time I was encountered with one wearing a red, and he was uh, badass. And his name was Ian, and uh, I lost him tragically. He was the first traitor leader when I was really looking for a traitor leader, and that main community. And it was 90, 85 days. I, I was adamant about finding a leader, a traitor leader that I would be proud of, and he came along. And I was completely, I was over the top proud of him. Sword play, everything. And he, I lost him tragically. And the loss of him created what I, what I now call the Red Leader Legacy, where now I select those characters. Uh, I wish there was a way to uh, customize characters. You know, then I would beef up a character or max out a character and then put the Red Hoodie on him. Cause that's the way the story right. is told. You, when you are worthy enough to be the leader of a community, then we give you the, the red hoodie. Yeah, that's definitely cool to play it that way too. Because, like with my situation, 
I had this character named Gino and, you know, he was a really well-equipped character. He had um, one of the great stamina traits on him. I think it was like just keeps going. He had on him and, you know, he's used to like going out all these runs by himself all the time. You know, he always comes back, you know, everything's always fine. And, you know, one day he got in a bad situation and he unfortunately died. And then my leader, Taylor, you know, she's really upset about that. She kind of blames herself that you know she should have went with him or something. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm sorry for her loss, man. Exactly. <laughs> you know, she's been missing Gino for a while, but she had right. to move on. So, yeah, we're up to three rant leaders now. We're, we're, we're playing out rant leader two, um, legacy who's a builder and uh red 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 three who is a traitor his name is sharon and uh yeah that's awesome and you know if if you do appreciate you know this kind of um thing where you actually really get involved in the storyline and kind of you know create your own adventure out of it that's kind of what you can expect from sizzle streams here so i would definitely recommend you know checking those out Exactly what you can expect. A, a, a thorough playthrough. I'm not, I'm not really quick to try to get my legacy and end the mission. Uh, I play it like an episode, like a season of a show. But as we did say at the top of the episode, you know, we are here to talk about some melee weapons today. And I think that's, yes. you know, is a very fitting topic because you are someone that, um, likes melee a lot and you have a code where you only melee juggernauts. I thought you'd be a great guest to talk about melee weapons with. Um, yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate the invite. Um, I do know a little bit about melee weapons. I think you do, but, um, <laughs> I do want to give credit to, uh, Hylos for this. Basically, uh, Hylos is one of the heroes on the Undead Labs Discord. He did share a document with me, him and some other people went through and they actually um, compiled the document that has all the, you know, weapons in it. It has uh, some of the stats in there. And I do appreciate that because it definitely made my research easier for this. So thank you, Hylos, for that document. Yeah, shout out to Hylos. His document really helped me too. And uh, beyond that, you know, we do have some statistics on the weapons and we have like the actual numbers for them. We're not going to go over the numbers, you know, too much. And we're not going to go over every single weapon, but... We do have 77 melee weapons currently in the game. Then there's five types of close combat weapons. And in terms of the 77 weapons overall, there's 38 bladed weapons and there's 39 blunt weapons. So it's a pretty even split with those. But um, 77 is probably, you know, a lot for some people here. And it's probably a lot more than you think would be in there. But there's actually 77 in there. And, and you get multiple ones. So, yeah, it's... You should see my supply log. Yeah, and I definitely don't have all 77 yet. I, I've been collecting whatever ones I can find, but I definitely don't have all of them yet. Still haven't collected them all. This makes the game so immersive. They don't just give them to you. And I do want to say uh, later on for my rankings, which we're going to get to as well. My rankings, I kept out all the weapons that were like, you know, Amazon pre-order, Microsoft pre-order, because I didn't feel like it was fair to include those weapons in the rankings because not everyone is able to get those. So I wanted to include weapons that only people were able to find in the world or they could get a DLC and get the weapon for the DLC. So I didn't feel like it was fair to include weapons that people had to pre-order to get. But um, we're just going to kind of go over, you know, some of the weapons in the list. I mean, there's 77, so we're not going to mention every single one, but we're just going to kind of go down the list a little bit and, you know, mention a couple that, you know, piqued her interest and you know we're kind of cool um i mean you got the bastard bolos wood that's a nice uh bladed sword that's you know a very good weapon we have you know the bowie machete that's uh, actually one weapon that i use a lot early on because early on you don't have a lot of great weapons and the bowie machete you know it performs like it should in, in early on 
Yes. You have um, interesting weapons like a cutting machine blade. That's actually a really interesting weapon because basically they took a cutting machine blade from a sewing machine and they made it into a weapon. So it's not, you know, the best weapon to use in State of Decay, but it's definitely an interesting concept, I would say. Yeah, I call it a crafted weapon. One, uh, right, definitely. One of many. But then you even have weapons like a carpenter's hatchet that you think like, you know, oh, I just found this on the ground. You know, let me pick it up and just use it, you know, and it definitely operates like that, too. And I think, you know, the developers did a great job of making the weapons that like these are everyday weapons. They're weapons that aren't going to perform as well because the carpenter's hatchet, it's OK. It doesn't perform you know, as great as some of the other weapons. So because it's not meant for killing zombies, it was meant for, you know, cutting wood. Exactly. And they did do a great job at kind of keeping things balanced that way. I agree, for sure. Because you have weapons that, like, if it's a weapon that was made for war, that weapon is going to perform better because it was made for that type of thing. If it's a weapon that was made for, like, oh, this is weapon for, you know, cutting sewing material, like, it's not going to perform as well, but it's it's interesting to have it in the game. Exactly. Of course, we have the Cleo weapons, you know, the whole set of Cleo weapons that came with the Daybreak DLC. Pretty much all the Cleo weapons are, you know, very good. Um, there's some that are obviously better than others. We'll get into some of those later. But, you know, you have the Battle Axe, the Hand Axe, the Long Blade. You've got the Cleo Mace. Um, basically a ton of Cleo weapons that are all, you know, very good in their own right. Yeah. Now, it's interesting. I kind of um, categorized my all the blunt weapons into like four categories. Uh, there's the Common. There's the Crafted, like I just mentioned. Then there's the special weapons, um, which is, uh, uh, you know, they're special. They're not the crafted ones. And then there's right. the Cleo weapons. Um, and like Bowie machete, um, the, uh, all the machetes really, the noodle knife, carving knife, the parangs, the kukri, those things I call common weapons because you're going to find those when you're looting. You're going to find those in warehouses pretty commonly and easily. You'll have a ton of those if you just right. collect melee weapons. Um, and then you got the special weapons like the, like you mentioned, the uh, Bassett of Bella Wood. We got the, uh, the rebar blade, which is, I kind of, that's in the crafted weapon section. Yeah, like a replica bastard sword. There you go. Replica bastard sword, apocalypse sword. Those things that you're going to find in special weapons cases or in special quests. Uh, sometimes only uh, those are special weapons. Uh, then you got Cleo. right, and then you have weapons too that are like uh, master weapons, which you have to you can Actually, find them in the world, but they're basically weapons you have to craft more yes. often. And it's like you know a razor blade machete and things like that that are a little bit more reinforced. Exactly, um, and you're going to get more when you salvage them too. But yeah, they are reinforced, and like you said, uh, they are made from common weapons that weren't meant to be. You know, weapons of war, but they were crafted into weapons of war. So you're going to have uh, more durability out of them because they were crafted. Right. And speaking of crafted weapons, you know, one of the ones that I thought was such an interesting idea is actually the Mono Gear Axe. They basically took a bicycle gear and made it into an axe. I think that's a really cool idea. Yeah. And it's a bladed weapon, too. It is, yeah. We also have things like the uh, Grillmeister and the Freedom Ringer. Those are weapons that you got with the Independence Pack DLC. Those are two very interesting weapons as well. The Freedom Ringer is like a bat that has, you know, all patriotic colors on it. It's really cool, actually. With the weight on it, yes. That is a very good blunt weapon when you're in the hands of someone with the striking skill. It's going to be a dangerous Absolutely. Uh, character. 
And I know you mentioned the Kukri. It, it is a pretty common weapon, but it's one that, you know, has a special place for me still. Even though it's a common weapon, you know, it does break fairly fast. But I just love the shape of the Kukri. So uh, the shape is just, you know, really interesting to me. And I love using them. So even though it's not the best weapon in the world, it's something I still love to use every once in a while. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the shape uh, because it's that shape that gives it its it's among the um, highest bladed melee weapons with a high dismemberment uh, because right. it has that shape. That's that shape. And you'll find that if you are a sword or blade connoisseur, it is that shape that gives those types of weapons um, the ability to slice through human bone a lot easier and, you know, keep be able to continue to swing and, and keep going uh, like katanas and, and uh, things like that. They, they are meant to dismember body parts. And Absolutely. Because, because of those, that shape. And then, of course, you have some Red Talon weapons, too. You have the Red Talon RTX Extermination Blade, the RTX Crusher. Those are definitely some great weapons as well, because our uh, Red Talon, they kind of, you know, made them even better than they were, and they kind of crafted them that way. And then you have weapons that are, like, really lightweight as well that are pretty cool. Like, you have the Ultralight Axe and the Tactahawk. Those are some weapons that are, you know, really lightweight, and they don't cost a lot of stamina to use. But they're weapons that still perform decent on uh, a regular basis. You know, I'll make a point about that. Personally, what I use those hatchets for or to beef up someone with swordplay because it's a light bladed weapon. And then once they have uh, pretty much gotten to swordplay and gotten a couple of stars there, uh, I give them something a little bit uh, more difficult to use, like one of the swords, and they seem to perform really well. No, I would agree. And you also have weapons that are like bayonets. You have the World War One bayonet. That's pretty cool to you know have a bayonet and just use a bayonet like that. That's kind of interesting. Yes, I'm glad you've taken just a half a step back to the RTX weapons, the pressure, the end of the line, and the extermination blade. Um, they are I, I call them the mid range weapons because they they're just above. They're the high tier of the common and the special weapons, but they're just below. Well, just below the, the start of the special weapons, uh, because of, you know, they are red talent. They are meant for zombie war, specialized war. And the RTS pressure is a very, very good weapon. Absolutely. And same with the Cleo. The Cleos are meant for, you know, specialized warfare as well. So. Specialized zombie warfare, yes. Those weapons, uh, that's why I want to look at them when we're, when we're grading them. So we're not going to spoil the list yet, but, you know, since it was meant for specialized warfare like that, you can expect to see some Cleo weapons on our list. We won't spoil the list yet. But you do have some weapons that are um, great wep blunt weapons as well. You have, you know, your classic crowbar. You know, obviously a crowbar is going to be something that you really think would be great as a blunt weapon. You just knock back the zombies and it does the job like that. Um, you have the crow's beak. That is one of the masterwork weapons that you have to, you know, reinforce and craft. And that's really cool to make those at the forge. You have weapons like uh, different types of maces you have like an ancestral mace that's you know kind of rusted it's kind of old looking but it's still you know interesting to actually use that and then you have weapons that are like um the oversized mallet and it, it's kind of funny to you know carry that one around and just have like oversized mallet on your bag and just carry that around with you um that reminds me of state of k1 and the heavy weapons because there was that tier of weapon called heavy that you could like barely swing around, but would take out you know four or five zombies that were crowding you. Uh, and I never ever would 
use the heavy teal ones. And same thing with the oversized mallet. You know, that's one I that just gets by me because I don't really get into that that tier of weapons. Yeah, but I mean, you know, some people do prefer those type of weapons. So, you know, it, it's teach their own, you know. I mean, um, I prefer lighter weapons a lot, but... But I am glad they're there. I'm looking for... Absolutely, because it gives more options. And outfit. I like how State of Decay gives more options like that where people can, you know, choose, oh, I like these kind of weapons. I like these kind of weapons. So exactly. I'm glad that has the option there. Exactly. But you have a whole range of baseball bats, too. You have, like, a wooden bat, a titan bat. We talked about the Freedom Ringer. So there's a lot of different uh, types of baseball bats that are really cool to use as well. You have things like the tire iron. You know, that's really interesting to use because you think, like, these are weapons that you just, you know, pick up on the side of the street and be like, oh, there's a zombie coming at me. Let me just pick this up and, you know, swing it at him. And these are kind of the weapons that, like, kind of like you said, common weapons that you would literally just find as they are and you just pick it up and use it. Yep. One of the most um, damaging common weapons is a wrench. That's one of the most max durability uh, items, uh, weapons, melee weapons in the game. And, you know, it's a wrench. It's a lucky wrench. And uh, it's a very, very good plot weapon. Like you mentioned, the crowbar is one another one. I find that wrench is more durable than the crowbar even. Funny thing, right? Taken out of it is, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't think it would be. Right. But I mean, we're not obviously going to mention all of them, but you know, that's some of the blunt weapons, that's some of the bladed weapons. Since there's only five, uh, the close combat weapons, I'll mention all those real quick. You have a combat knife, a chef's knife, a K-bar, a rusty screwdriver, and my personal favorite close combat weapon is the barbecue fork that came in the Independence Pack DLC. You know, I love just equipping the barbecue fork and just, you know, stabbing someone with the barbecue fork. With the close combat weapons, um, they're all the same, you know, they're the same they way, are, yes. there's no variance there, there's just the name. Um, and of course, I would want everyone to have combat knives, but there's no really, uh, no real benefit to having them. If there was just slight variance, uh, you know, I'd be happy, but there isn't. Uh, but I, I do like the, the variety there, uh, the fork and, and a combat knife and a rusty screwdriver, which is what I send all my people out. When I exile them, I try to get them to a rusty screwdriver, um, you know, and keep <laughs> nice. their K-bar or their combat knife because <laughs> right. that's what we want. Who wouldn't want that? See, to me, I just love using the barbecue fork and you have to have the independence pack to get this, but... To me, it's just a lot of fun to use that because who would think, you know, oh, I had this zombie. I'm going to go tackle with a barbecue fork. Like, I went up against Juggernauts and I've killed Juggernauts with a barbecue fork. And it's really fun to kill a Juggernaut with a barbecue fork. Yeah, and it's funny, the motion, too, how they put it in the skull and then twist. That would be extremely difficult with a barbecue fork. I'm sure the tongue <laughs> would be well twisted yes. after two skulls. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but, Great hey, I mean, that, that's one of the benefits of having them all the same because since they are all the same, it doesn't matter which one you it's basically you know matter of preference on looks and yeah i just love the look of having the barbecue fork with me so i just prefer that one it does look zany and it does uh, add a, a nice touch to our, our favorite gun <laughs> a barbecue fork keeps exactly. you coming but you know those are some of the uh, melee weapons we have available to us but when choosing the melee weapon that you want there's a lot of factors involved so there's factors like weight durability dismembers a factor impact knockdown lethality stamina cost and there's also two factors that there's not a lot of variance in the game right now but there's a uh, sound is involved and speed you know there's basically only a couple different variations with that right now but um the other factors have a lot of variations so um i kind of have you know my list of things that like when i'm choosing a melee weapon these are the things i look for 
What's you know some of your top ones that you look for in a melee weapon? First thing I look for is weight. How much it weighs. I'm gonna be interested in what's it gonna cost to my traveler. Right. Um, second thing I look for plays is durability. I look Absolutely. at the durability of it because of we're knights and the way I run my avatars like knights and we're gonna be uh, doing a lot of meleeing, a lot of hand-to-hand combat of juggernauts, some of the most hardest goals in the game. So we break a lot. And so I'm looking for durability. And then third, uh, I'm looking at lethality. Uh, if I can get a juggernaut down faster, it's better. <laughs> and then I'm Absolutely. gonna be saving my, my, my character's stamina. And then fourth, I'm looking for impact and knockdown. Uh, looking at those, those meters. They're less important, but they are, they are in the factory. Yep, those four areas, it's kind of like the, the, the order in which I look in. Yeah, for me, I kind of picked three. I mean, like, you know, sound is not really something I worry about that much because if more zombies come, whatever, I'll just kill them too. That's right. basically the way I look at it. So, <laughs> exactly. So I'm not that worried about sound, but, <laughs> but, um, speed, you know, speed is nice, but I like to use a lot of close combat characters. So, if I am using those, then, you know, speed's not going to matter anyways. But if I'm using a melee weapon, then, I mean, I think the speed is not varied enough that it really factors in. So I think the speed is, you know, perfectly fine for a lot of the weapons. I agree. And knockdown, you mentioned, you know, I do like knockdown sometimes, but I'm more of a bladed weapon guy. I don't use the blunt ones as much, but I do recognize that, you know, knockdown is very effective in those blunt weapons. So I do recognize that. It's just not something... I personally look for it as often. Gotcha. But um, my list, I mean, my top preference is going to be lethality because for me, if it's not going to kill something I face, then why am I using it? And that's kind of how I look at it personally, because I know lethality was third on your list. So we do seem to having the same mind track a little bit. But for me, it's my top priority, because if I'm picking up this weapon and I go to attack a zombie and it's not going to kill that zombie. Why am I using that weapon? That's kind of how I look at it. Definitely. I, I feel your mindset there. Um, and that is a, a quotient in, in the actual battle itself because I, I look for my, the one who's wielding the weapon to, to, to be highly lethal, uh, regardless right. of what they're holding, a K-bar, a rusty screwdriver, or a, a Cleo battle axe, or, you know, a mace or whatever, a crowbar. They're going to be lethal. Um, that's why that was third on my list. That's why I'm looking at weight. Because it's uh, the, my, the the first thing that's lethal to me is the, the brain of the the warrior, you know. That's the thing you have to contend with, uh, you know. But first with that's just no, the way I, I look I at it. That. That's my mindset. Uh, and the weight uh, I'm looking at, I need it. If it's extremely heavy, like one of the weapons, we'll probably get to. I don't, I don't know. If well, yeah, let's the long blade. You know, it's extremely heavy, heavy, but it's extremely lethal as well. Uh, but it Absolutely. would, it would, if my guy is tuck or my girl is tuckered, um, they're less lethal. It doesn't matter how lethal the blade is sitting on the ground or, or below my waist because I can't raise my arm. So <laughs> that's why I'm looking at weight, weight and durability. I need it to not break while I'm, you know, mashing horde after horde. And then I need it to be, uh, able to be swung many many times well see we do agree on durability because durability is my second concern and yeah. uh, you know durability like 
basically if I'm using a weapon, I want it to last. And that's why, you know, things like the exactly. Kukri and stuff, you know, I, I do like using them on occasion, but they, they break pretty fast. So they I don't do. like using them all the time. So um, I do like weapons that are going to, you know, last a little bit longer. That way I don't have to, you know, run back to an outpost, get a new weapon. And you know, I don't have to deal with that as often. I want to have, you know, have a weapon on me that, you know, lasts a long time. That's and right. I usually... I usually am smart enough that I take a backup weapon with me. So, like, if I'm using, you know, some kind of Clea weapon, I'll usually have a lightweight, like, I don't know, ultralight axe. I'll usually have that as a backup weapon on me just in case my Clea weapon breaks. I have a weapon to use. So I usually, you know, play smart about it. So it's not going to be a huge factor, but it's still a factor enough that I don't want to have, you know, a battle raging on. There's a bunch of zombies around me and, oh, my weapon broke. Like, that's not a good situation to be in, so I don't want to have that situation happen to me. I've been in that situation quite a few times. Um, yes. I got a, uh, a few of my um, community members will attest that it it, get, it makes them cringe. That's one of the things that they uh, dislike about <laughs> <laughs> but that keeps them there is I make them cringe of being in battles, close call, lots of close call battles, uh, because, again, the hardest skulls in the game are juggernauts, and I fight them melee only uh, because of the code. And so we are in that situation quite a bit. And uh, I do find that if you balance it well with the character, say, you know, a blunt weapon with someone who has striking or a sword play, giving someone like that an axe or something, it's going gonna, it's gonna to increase the durability or, or the, the likeliness of that, that weapon not breaking after a skull. But it's it's gonna happen, you know. If if you're not yeah, every weapon will break. You know, yeah. even the ones that have the most durability, they will break eventually. They so. will break, yeah. As, uh, even the Cleo weapons, the well-made yes. war weapons, the zombie war weapons, they break. And when you take them against skull after skull, and I think that's well balancing in the game because it's true to life. You know, it, you know bone is one of the most hardest substances on the planet, and if you're just taking, you know, your this tool. After skull after skull after skull after skull, it's, it's, you're gonna exactly. have to replace it after a while. So you know, yeah, having a, a, an extra weapon on you, or like me, I know I'm gonna find something looting. Oh, well, that's not bad then. <laughs> but my third preference is stamina cost. So for me, um, stamina cost is definitely important to me because you know, ease of use. That's basically what it's labeled as, and that's really important to me because I want to have a weapon that is not taking a ton of stamina to use. So a lot of these, you know, big bulky weapons, they're going to take a lot of my stamina when I use them. And I'm someone that, you know, really cares about the stamina I'm using because the more stamina they have, the more you can get out of situations. And I really care about the stamina use. So that's, you know, reflected in my list because in my list, I try to, you know, go for weapons that, you know, have better stamina use and they're not going to take as much stamina. And the reason why weight isn't on my list is... Mainly because weight, I can kind of counteract that in certain ways. Like if I have the backpacking skill, weight's not going to matter as much. You know, if I have a certain kind of backpack on, if I carry other lighter items, I can kind of counteract the weight of the weapon. Uh, stamina cost, when I use it, that's not something I can counteract as much. So that's kind of why I, you know, have stamina cost in my list uh, more so. So my preferences, you know, be lethality one, durability two, and stamina cost three. Um Kind of moving on to, you know, our rankings now. We did rank uh, our own list for the top 10 melee weapons in the game. And we're going to talk about, you know, our list and, you know, what those weapons mean to us. Um, some of the weapons on my list you'll hear me talk about that 
I don't even technically uh, have yet. I've never actually had the weapon, but I have done a lot of research into these weapons, and these are some of the better weapons, even though I don't have them. But I just want to give a couple honorable mentions that didn't make my list. So I did mention that in my list, I kept out weapons that you had to pre-order to get, but when you pre-order with the Microsoft Store, you got the Grass Cutter, and when you pre-order with Best Buy, you got the Skull Splitter. Those are two great weapons that if you did pre-order, you get them, but mm. I kept them out of my list specifically because I didn't want to have a list that, you know, anyone couldn't get because the weapons I have in my list, anyone can get these weapons, whether you have to, you know, find them in the world or you have to buy a certain DLC, but they are available to you. And just two other weapons real quick that I have as honorable mentions. The Freedom Ringer. The Freedom Ringer we spoke about earlier. It's in the Independence Pack. I didn't have it in my list because... It's got amazing durability. It's, you know, one of the best durabilities in the game uh, stat wise, but the lethality is horrible and lethality is something that's very important to me. So uh, it was really hard for me. You know, I wanted to put it in my list. I really wanted to badly because it's got such great knockdown and it's got such great durability. The thing break basically never breaks, but it, it doesn't kill anything. So I couldn't put it in my list. And the Grillmeister, it was kind of the same situation. That is also in the Independence Pack. I do love this weapon. It's very well-rounded. It's got great durability. It's got great ease of use, so it barely uses any stamina at all when you use it. But again, it's got really bad lethality, and lethality is what's most important to me. So I had to leave these off my list because they have such bad lethality that I, I just can't justify the, having them in my top 10. Agreed. <laughs> Freedom Ringer is cool to have on your back because of the colors and the way it looks. With it the is, yeah, it's it. really cool to look at. But, um, yeah, it has zero lethality and max durability. I can I can swing it all day, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to be using it. Well, I, I But don't get me wrong, I mean, they're still fun to use, so I would still you know, try them out. It is definitely fun to use them. <laughs> yeah, about 50% knockdown, you can get them knocked down and then do a finish move on them, but it's not going to... You're not gonna uh, take out a whole lot of horse with that without getting damage to to your right. person because it's noble. So yeah. Did you have a couple of uh, honorable mentions that you wanted to mention that didn't make your list? So a couple weapons that did not make your top ten that you want to you know shout out real quick. Um, the transmission mace. I want to shout that out. It's an awesome uh, blunted weapon. Uh, it. I would put it next to the Freedom Ringer because it's low lethality. Um, right. But it's it's high durability. It's not maxed out. It's just a, it's just a tad off of the max, but it does have a little bit of lethality to it, uh, which makes it just a notch higher than the than the Freedom Ringer. But the ease of use sucks. I mean, it's, it does. It's it does. Yeah, that, to, that one was hard to swing. Yeah, it's going to be extremely hard to swing, no, no, no matter whose hand it's in, and you'd have to have some a powerhouse with striking maxed out to really have, get some good use out of that one. And that's just you know a specialized character. So it's good to have in the storage container if you run across that type of avatar. But, you know, not just for everyone to pick up. Uh, same thing with the long blade. It didn't make my top ten. Uh, even though it's an awesome weapon, uh, it's just too heavy, you know, too heavy, hard to use. The ease of use is actually zero, <laughs> and uh, so, and the weight is in the, it's way above average on weight. So it just puts it's good looking. I like it's well made, 
that I wouldn't give it to a warrior and say, you know, come back alive. Well, I, I think, you know, we are going to disagree on that one a little bit because that one did break my list, but we'll, we'll get into that in a second. So <laughs> the Cleo Lombard is on my list, but we'll talk about that soon. <laughs> but um, we can kind of just get into our list a little bit. You know, I figure we can go from uh, 10 to 1 and talk about, you know, our uh, bottom of the list first and then go up. So um, I'll kind of give off, you know, my 10 and 9. You can got, give off your number 10 and number 9. We can go from there. So okay. my number 10 is the Cleo Mace and my number 9 is the Cleo Great Hammer. So both of these weapons, they're both weapons that are blunt weapons. They have a lot of great knockdown on them and... They're weapons that, you know, don't have the best lethality, but they're, they're fairly well-rounded. I mean, um, they do take up a lot of more stamina when you use them, but so it, it, they're not weapons that I'm going to use too often just because I'm not as much of a blunt weapon user. And um, these weapons, they do take up more stamina than I would like, but they do make up for that a little bit with the knockdown. So the, I did think they, you know, were good enough to have on the list. And anyone that does appreciate knockdown and blunt weapons more than I do, these should be on the list because these are some of the better blunt weapons you can use. I figured they, you know, had to be on my list, but they're a little bit lower on my list because I appreciate different aspects of weapons other than these ones. Gotcha. So you want my nine and ten? Yeah. Let's okay. Do it. So ten is going to be the pipe wrench, as I mentioned earlier. Nine is going to be a crowbar. Um, I picked uh, the pipe wrench and a crowbar. Both are common weapons. Both are something you're going to find easily starting out. Both are going to be good weighted weapons uh, as far as durability, something you'll hold on to starting out. You won't need to repair right, right, right away if you're using it a lot. And, you, know, you won't need a workshop right away. Again, it's a good beginner's weapon. It's a good thing to start the list off of. Uh, they're strong weapons and they're common. And that's why I picked them. Even one of the one of your earlier missions take you looking for you know someone's special crowbar, and I like that. So uh, that's why I picked the crowbar and the pipe wrench. Uh, they're very good, durable weapons and easy to find. Common. Oh, it definitely makes sense to me. And they are common, and they are weapons that are going to you know really hold up for you early on. Um, I think the stats on them are a little bit worse than some of the weapons um, I would choose to you know as my top ten, but. Um, I think they're definitely, you know, respectable weapons that, you know, anyone could use at any time. Yes. The stats, other than the durability, yeah, the, the other stats like quietness and things like that, impact is good, but, uh, yeah, they're beginner weapons. Definitely beginner right. weapons. Yeah, my number nine, I didn't actually mention it, but the Cleo Great Hammer, it, I think, has the best impact of any weapon in the game, which makes sense, but... um. Impact is not something I really, you know, value that often. So that's why it's number nine for me as well. But my number eight and number seven, you know, moving up the list here, I do have another blunt weapon at number eight, the RTS Crusher. This is a weapon that is pretty well-rounded, honestly, especially for a blunt weapon. It's got, you know, pretty amazing durability. I mean, um, we're not going to go over the numbers here because I have the exact numbers, but it's got, you know, one of the better durabilities. Um, it only weighs 10 pounds, so that's not bad, and it has some lethality to it, and the ease of use is pretty good too. So I would say the RTS Crusher, it's basically a weapon that Red Talon made, you know, to be a well-rounded blunt weapon, and I think it really does the job well, and I think in all the categories, basically, um, I think the only thing is Dismember. It doesn't, you know, have any Dismember, but besides Dismember, it's pretty well-rounded, so, and... 
Seven is RTX question? Eight. I'm about to get in seven right okay. now. Okay, eight is RTX. My number seven is the Monogear Axe. So the Monogear okay. Axe is what we talked about earlier. That's the axe that has like the bicycle gear to it. And this is a bladed weapon. It's um, another weapon that's very well-rounded. I couldn't rank it higher because the stats on it, it, it's not, you know, top of mind in any category, but it's also not really bad in any category either. And that's why for me, it it does rank at number seven because, you know, looking at the Monogear Axe, the worst category for it is Knockdown, which makes sense. You know, you wouldn't expect it to knock a lot of things down. But besides that, it's pretty, you know, decent in all the other categories. You know, it, it's got, you know, fairly decent durability. It does break, you know, a little bit, but... It's got some nice uh, lethality to it. It's, you know, got some good speed. It doesn't take a lot of stamina either. So I thought the Monogear Axe, it's a well-rounded weapon that, you know, should be in my top 10, but it's not good enough to be up higher on my list, I would say. Gotcha. Okay. Well, my eight is going to be the common bat. Wood bat, uh, metal bat. They kind of are the same to me. One may last slightly longer, uh, not too much longer, but it's going to be those bats because they are a little bit more useful for bashing skulls than the uh, crowbar and the, the pipe wrench, but less common to find, uh, just slightly less. They are more common though. You'll find them on people, really. People you'll recruit, they'll have bats on them most of the times. Um, and but it's a good weapon. It's it's durable and it's common to find and the knockdown is going to be great on that since we're talking about knockdown. Blunt weapon, that's one of the things I look for in the blunt weapon is, is the knockdown if you pay attention to what it looks like. And number eight is gonna be the bat. Seven is gonna be the dance for slurry, which is a bat. Uh another blunt weapon. Uh that is probably going to be the highest end of the common weapons. It's going to be a special weapon because that's something you have to find. Um, I don't think you can purchase that. Yeah, that's going to be something. No, absolutely. The Damn Forest Slugger, um, I have checked out that one too, and that does have the highest knockdown in the game. Tied with a couple weapons, you know, it's tied, but yeah. that does have the highest knockdown in the game. Yep. So that's number seven. It's going to top out right there in the center kind of a top 10 of my top 10 list the highest uh, blunt weapon therefore slugger kind of a common weapon highest maxed out knockdown and uh it, it's mid-range durability uh but knockdown and impact you're gonna you're gonna get some good use out of that absolutely and you know the metal bat um I'm not as keen on that one, but the Dan Force Slugger, that's definitely a great weapon. And if you're a player that, you know, likes that knockdown style where you can just, you know, kind of keep knocking down zombies, those kind of weapons are great in a horde because, you know, you don't have to worry about killing every zombie in the first shot. You can just knock them all down and then execute them all. So that does help for situations like that. Exactly. And I do like having someone with striking and send them out there with a damn force slugger or a bat or a blunt weapon and watch them do that that half spin kind of Jedi movement, Obi-Wan spin. I, I really love it. It's, it's a really great animation. I have a lot of Right, fun. because that is the downside to bladed weapons is if you're going into a whore with a bladed weapon, you're going to kill a lot more zombies, yes, but 
they're going to get a lot more damage too because they're going to start eating you because you can't knock them all down fast enough. With a blunt weapon, you can knock them all down faster and then you can go around picking them off. Exactly. With bladed weapons, you'd have to use dodge a lot more to keep from being Right, damaged. exactly. Yeah. Or you have to be more... Um, you have to dance more with a bladed weapon. It takes more prowess. Which takes us Absolutely. to six and five. Yeah, number six for me, you know, just missing my top five. This is actually one weapon I don't even have yet, but I've done a lot of research into the melee weapons that are available, and this weapon is called the Excadaver. Mm-hmm. And basically this weapon, this is actually has the most speed in the game. So this basically is going to be the weapon that you use, and it's the fastest to swing. It, you know, uh, is really easy to use. It uses a lot, barely any stamina. And... It's super fast, so I haven't actually used it, but I've looked at all the stats, you know, I've uh, done some research on it, and even though I don't have it yet, this is a weapon I can confidently say is going to be one of the top 10, because the durability, just for example, it's got more durability than the Montegear Axe, it's got more durability than the uh, Great Hammer, more durability than the Cleo Mace, so it's got, you know, very solid durability, mm-hmm. and then lethality, it's got really solid lethality too, I mean... All the weapons earlier in my list, it has tied or more lethality than those weapons. Like, for example, the Monogear Axe, it has the same amount of lethality as that. So basically, you know, this is a really well-rounded weapon. And not only is it well-rounded in a lot of categories, it's also the fastest weapon in the game. Because there's not a lot of variance in speed in weapons. There's basically, you know, there's uh, really good speed and, you know, kind of eh, eh, whatever speed. And then there's, you know, the Excadaver, basically, that is... In a class of its own, there's only one other weapon that has the same speed as Excadaver. So Excadaver, you know, I've heard that you have to get it through a mission. I haven't done this mission yet, apparently, because I haven't found it. But you have to get it through a mission, apparently, and it's a great weapon. Same here. I'm looking for that mission myself. Uh, I think it's one of those missions where you go and help someone and they offer you resources or a weapon. Um I'm thinking it's one of those because there's a gun that I know that you can only get through that that uh that quest. But uh, that's funny because my number six is the Excadaver. It's a weapon that I also have not used or have not found. Like that's funny. Said. And uh, it's something I'm looking forward to to uh, utilizing because I've heard some some things about it and um, I want to use it for everything. I, I do too. Made. Yeah. <laughs> Every, and I don't no. want to repeat what you say. Yeah, I'm falling in number six with X and M. That's <laughs> funny that we had it the same exact spot. That's kind of cool, actually. <laughs> yeah. No, I I have a, I have to do more research on how to get it, but I think it had something to do with like a comic book mission or some kind of book trader. So like, I guess it's some kind of mission where it starts out like finding books and then maybe at the end of the chain of missions, like you get this weapon. So I think it's something to do with that, but I have to look into it more. Gotcha. But my number five, my, you know, just making the top five at the bottom here is a bladed weapon. It's the RTX Extermination Blade. And this is a very, very well-built weapon. It's, you know, something that Red Talon made, you know, for killing zombies. You know, they made it, you know, to last and it, it definitely does the job. Um, It's only got three weight. It's got, you know, really good durability, you know, it's not the best durability, but it's definitely better than a lot of weapons. You know, for example, um, there's two weapons higher on my list. It does have dur- better durability than those weapons, um, but it does have lower lethality than those weapons higher on my list, and that's why it's a little bit lower because I want a weapon that's going to be more lethal. The extermination blade definitely does that. It's just not as lethal as some of the other ones. 
However, what I will say is, besides the X Cadaver, this is um, the next class of, you know, stamina cost, basically. So, like, no, no, sorry. Um, this is actually a better stamina cost than the X Cadaver. Because this weapon, it's going to use less stamina when you use it. So, that is something I definitely love. There are a few other weapons that use the same amount of stamina as this, but this is maxed out on stamina. And I, I definitely love that about this weapon because I want a weapon that's not going to use a lot of stamina. So there's only about, like, I think 10 or so weapons that have the same stamina cost as this. And this is one of your best stamina weapons. So I definitely love that about it. Um, and then, you know, real quick, I'll mention my number four as well. And then you can mention your five and four. My number four, this is the last blunt weapon on my list. And... This is also a weapon I haven't found yet because I know for a fact this is a weapon you have to get for a mission, I believe. It's called the Fire Chief's Crowbar, and this is the best blunt weapon in the game, in my opinion. And basically, this weapon is almost, you know, indestructible. I mean, it it's definitely can break down, but it has the same durability as the Freedom Ringer. But the difference is, unlike the Freedom Ringer, this has good stats elsewhere. So this weapon, you know, is the best durability in the game. But unlike the Freedom Ringer, it actually has good stats in the other spots because it has some pretty good lethality. You know, it's definitely obviously not going to be you know, super great lethality because it's a blunt weapon, but it definitely has really good lethality for a blunt weapon. And on top of that, the stamina use, it, it's not that bad for a weapon of its size. I mean, it, it's going to use more stamina than, you know, a bladed weapon would use because obviously it's not a blade weapon. But it, it's definitely going to be a weapon that's not going to use a ton of stamina for what you want. So... And then on top of that, it does have, you know, really good knockdown stats. So I think this is a very, you know, well-rounded weapon that it's going to last you a while if you like blunt weapons. You know what? That's a very good list. Um, after our agreement there at number six, we kind of span off. My top five <laughs> have more to do with my personal preference than uh, the stats that these weapons have. Um, and maybe number two has to do with the stats and why I got to number two, but uh, at this point, it has to do with personal preference. Five for me, after after the exit cadaver is the Uber mallet. Uh, I don't know if anyone or if everyone knows about the Uber mallet. It's, it's the weapon that's in the game that has a special symbol on it. It looks like an oversized mallet, but it has a cool little symbol on it. Um, it's kind of special. It's a special weapon. Uh, I bought it off of Mysterious One and Trader, and it's at number five. It rounds out. It starts my top five list because of its, its lore, the lore that's surrounding it, and I won't talk. I won't go too deep into it. You'll just have to know it or visit the stream. <laughs> but I have... I mean, I, I'm fine with saying it if you want. Like, you know, I'm, I'm fine with saying what a lot of people call it if you want to. Yeah? Okay, yeah, we call it Thor's Hammer. <laughs> yeah, it's basically, yep, Thor's Hammer. Yeah. So, And even the description on it, the description literally says, it does everything but call down the lightning. Exactly. <laughs> and Uber, we know, is a is a Norse term. So, and, and Thor is a Norse god. And so, yeah, we, we call that, uh, and it has Thor, the symbol on it is Thor's symbol. So, I'm like... Yes, I, I think a lot of people don't even know about it because... They know it as Thor's hammer. They don't know it as the technical name Uber Mallet. So ah. I think that's probably why a lot of people don't really look at this weapon as much. But it, it definitely is um, a greater weapon, and I definitely agree with you. It should, you know, uh, be up there if you're more into blunt weapons. Just 
I'm not into those as much. So that's why um, if I made like a top 10 list for just blunt weapons, this would probably make my top 10 for blunt weapons. Yep, this starts my my top five list, top five of, of weapons, of melee weapons. Four, it was a struggle. You said the Fire Chief Crowbar is the best blunt weapon in the game because of the stats. Um, my fourth position was a struggle between the rebar blade and the extermination blade. Just because the personal preference of the extermination blade being the black and red color with the with the red the black color with the red stripes and my red leader that was one of before the daybreak was released. Those weapons were at the top of the list. You know, they they just they looked good and they performed well. And my and they went color coordinated with my red leaders. So, uh, but the rebar blade because of its stats and its durability, it can't be beat. You can't. I I, I like that blade and and it's kind of smexy too with the curve and everything. High dismemberment with that one. So, and it's a crafted item, which makes it special to me. So, it was a struggle between those two. And I'm still not sure who, who might, uh, win. So, it's kind of a toss-up between them. So, right now, I'll say the rebar blade takes number four spot for top melee weapons. No, I can respect that. I mean, the rebar blade is definitely, you know, one of those, uh, weapons that is a well-rounded weapon. So, mm-hmm. I definitely understand that. And the RTX Extermination Blade, I obviously already talked about that. So, yep. you know, everyone knows why that's good. But that's why I, I definitely, it. you know, agree those are, yeah. <laughs> I definitely agree those are pretty good weapons. Um, but, you know, I'll go into my number three now. And this is actually a weapon that, you know, you didn't even have on your top ten. But I picked the Cleo Longblade. And I understand why you didn't have it on your top ten. Because, you know, you care a lot about weight. But for me... The weight um, doesn't matter as much when you look at the other stats of it because, you know, it's fairly durable compared to other weapons. But what's really good about it is the Cleo Longblade, um, it actually has the second best lethality in the game. So there's only one weapon that is more lethal than this. And that is something that is very important to me. So that's why it had to be, you know, number three on my list because it has a lot of lethality. Now, granted, um, it does, you know, use up a decent amount of stamina. So. I will admit, even though it's number three on my list, I probably won't use this weapon as often as other things. Like, I will definitely use the top two weapons more than this weapon. And honestly, like, some of the weapons, like maybe, you know, four, five, and six on my list, I might use those more than the Cleo Longblade as well. But um, just because it has such great lethality, I wanted to, you know, make that noted that it is a great weapon, and I think it does deserve to be on my list. Um... Maybe I'm a little bit off on number three. You know, maybe I should have had it more like number five. Uh, I'm not really sure about that. You know, it's tough to rank these things sometimes, but (laughs) I I think it does deserve to be on my list. But number three is where I thought it should slot. Um, It's definitely possible. It should have been, you know, number five or number six on my list instead. But I I definitely think it's at least top six for my list. Let me tell you my number three. Uh, We'll break up the top three more studded. the, my number three, or my top three has to do, again, with personal preference, all top five. But number three for me came in as a katana machete. It's more of a common weapon. Uh, it's in the, it's not special Cleo or, or a special fine. It's something that you can loot or find. Uh, but it's just, it looks incredible. It's all black. 
it has that writing on it that says X sixty six X six zero and then small writing word six. It just looks great. And uh with some of my warriors and avatars, it looks great on their back. Uh so that's why that just simply comes in at number three. Um, because of, it's one of the most mechiest weapons on there, aside some of the other swords, um, the katana machete. Common. No, absolutely. Insane. I mean, I, I definitely um, understand your ranking with that because that is a weapon that does have great lethality, and I think that's you know among like the top, I think ten weapons in the game for lethality. So it definitely has a lot of lethality to it. Which I like. Yes, it's very useful. <laughs> You're number but... two. Yeah, my number two. Um, we're going to go on to a weapon that I use every single time I play Daybreak. This is the Cleo Battle Axe. And the Cleo Battle Axe, I mean, this is a weapon that is literally built for killing zombies and pretty much nothing else. I mean, this weapon is definitely built for that. And it's an amazing weapon. It does a lot of great things. And it's got a lot of great stats. I mean, I think it's so well-rounded that... You know, it, it's going to be hard for me to keep switching between other weapons because it's so well-rounded that I like to use this so much. And in Daybreak, this is all I use in Daybreak now is the Battle Axe. But, you know, it's got a fairly decent amount of uh, weight to it. So it is a little bit, you know, bigger in size. But um, it, it does have, you know, really good durability for what it is. And it's got really great lethality, too. You know, it is one of the top ten lethality in the game. It's not as, you know, much lethality as the Longblade, for example. But... It does have better stats in some areas in the long blade. Like for example, it takes less stamina to use this in the long blade, and that's one of the reasons I had to rank it higher. And it, you know, even though we're not talking about sound too much, it doesn't make a lot of sound either. So it's you know fairly quiet when it does that. Mm-hmm. And it does have you know pretty good dismember as well. Dismember is not something I look at a lot, but it, it does help you you know in the game to you know just uh, dismember your foes that way. So I think it's a fairly well-rounded weapon, and I think it's a weapon that. I am going to choose a lot of times when I'm playing. You know, if this weapon gets damaged, I might switch to more weapons uh, more often, but it's a weapon that I'm going to be using a lot of times. Well, I agree. Uh, the Battle Axe is something, the, almost the only thing I use when I come in to play Daybreak. Uh, but it's not my number two weapon. My number two weapon is funny. The, your number your number ten weapon, the first one you mentioned, the Cleo Mace. That is your number ten, yes. Um, yes. I my number two weapon is the Cleo Mace because it's the second weapon that I solo melee an explosive uh, daybreak with. Um, and to my knowledge, I think I'm the only one to do it with two different type of weapons of you know, with blunt and bladed. Um, and I'm only the only the second person to ever do it, as far as my knowledge, as of this recording. Um, our good friend, so Dark. Mr. Darts, the first one, um, and he did it with the blade, with the battle axe, which you just explained, the best bladed weapon, and, uh, or Cleo bladed weapon in Daybreak. Uh, yes. And that's why I picked Cleo Mace, because it's the second one I picked. And I picked that weapon because it's incredibly, as a blunt weapon, it's incredibly balanced. It has a lot of lethality and a knockdown for a blunted weapon, and it's light. It's less than 10 pounds. And so those stats being less than 10 pounds and having a lot of uh, uh, knockdown and lethality, um, it, it, it's a it's a dangerous blunt weapon. I mean, you can swing it a lot. It's easy to use. 
it's it's a great weapon. That's why it comes in number two for me. And I solo melee only daybreak with it. It's the only blunt weapon. No, I, have. I definitely understand why that would have some sentimental value kind of to you then. Um, yes. The Cleo Mace, I will say out of the Cleo blunt weapons, this is my favorite Cleo blunt weapon. And that's, you know, part of why it's on the bottom of my list. It still makes my list. Um, I'm glad it's in your For top me, team. I'm not much of a... What's that? I'm glad it's in your top 10. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, I think it definitely deserves to be in the top 10. Just I'm not much of a blunt weapon guy. So yeah. it's hard for me to rank, you know, blunt weapons too high. You know, the Fire Chief's Crowbar is the only one I have in the top five for my blunt weapons, just because I think that is, you know, a little bit better stats because it has really good durability. But um, the Cleo Mace, you know, is a great weapon. And I definitely agree that as, you know, a weapon worthy of being in the top 10. Just for me, it's um, not something I'm going to use as often because I do prefer those bladed weapons and I do prefer that higher lethality, which is not going to have that, which, you know, we can kind of get into my number one. My number one weapon, you know, I did say that I do like lethality in weapons, and my number one weapon is the only weapon in the game that has max lethality. You know, it's the best lethality in the entire game. There is not a single weapon in the game that has more lethality than this. It is the Bastard of Bellow Wood. Yeah. And, you know, this is a great sword, and it's got amazing lethality. You know, you can pretty much one-hit most zombies, especially if you have swordplay as well. This with swordplay is a crazy combo, and... I do have this weapon, and I have tried it a lot, so unlike like the Excadaver, I don't have that one yet. I have the Bastard Bella one, and it's an amazing weapon, and it's got, you know, decent durability. It's not it's not got the top durability in the game, but it does have durability that, you know, definitely matches up with a lot of other weapons. And the other thing with this is it has amazing stamina cost, and mm-hmm. it, it's really ridiculous that, you know, this weapon has the best lethality in the game it also has the best stamina cost in the game so like for me i couldn't choose anything else as number one like it it was basically a choice that was made for me because if if i'm someone that you know doesn't want to use a lot of stamina when i use my weapon and i don't you know want to have my zombies staying alive like i don't want to have you know knockdown i want lethality and stamina so for me this is the choice that i had to make like it, it was basically made for me almost the only thing that's a little bit less is the durability like Something like the Fire Chief's Crowbar, that is going to survive a lot more for durability. The Fire Chief's Crowbar has almost double the durability of the Bastard Bella Wood. But the fact that the Bastard Bella Wood can, you know, get me in and out of situations really fast, killing a bunch of zombies and, you know, have no problems at all. I think this has to be my number one. I'm not going to argue with you there. I love your number one spot. Um, again, it's, it's like you say it and admitted to, it has to do with stats. And, uh, and and looking at the uh, the numbers and from a numbers perspective, no one's going to argue that the Bastard of Bella Wood is, if not the best, bladed weapon and weapons uh, from lethality uh, factor standpoint in the game. Um, and like I said, mine has to do with personal preference and, and, and sentimental value. My number one was your number two, the Battle Axe. And it's because it's the best in Daybreak. It's the number one weapon that I choose only in Daybreak. Same reasons that you just explained for number uh, two. Uh, it's the only weapon I use going into Daybreak now. It's just made for dismembering uh, zombies and and uh, and finishing them. <laughs> you know, I love the shape, the look, um, the size of it, the way it looks in their hand. It's just, it's awesome. It looks like Thor's hammer flattened out into an axe, a sharp axe, you know? And, no, it's really an amazing and weapon. And it's an amazing weapon. 
and uh, that that's why it comes in as my number one. My one and two spots are the two weapons I use: the solo melee, daybreak, and uh, that's why they're there. But the bastard of Bella Wood, uh, it should have made my special mentions. Uh, I wasn't prepared to throw a special mention, but that is definitely one of the special mentions weapon. Uh, the bastard of Bella Wood. Uh, it is a special item. You have to find it in a special weapons case. It's an awesome weapon. And, uh, yeah, and, and you know that goes without saying. Like this is not a weapon you're going to find very often. I mean, right. you can find it, but it's going to be you know taking a little while to find this weapon. Yep, yeah, yeah. Um And it's not that sexy looking either. It's gray looking and it looks like an old old World War One bayonet that's been bleached out. But it's definitely useful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I didn't go for it for looks. I went for it for stats. You <laughs> <Yep>. know, so <laughs> it even says in the description, like this thing is, you know, like a century old. So yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely old. a very old weapon. Yeah, it looks that way too. So yeah, they did a great job on it. Um, definitely a weapon that's in my arsenal, um, and one I, I pull out often. I treat it. Yeah, treat it's it like a weapon a I absolutely love, and you know, the Cleo battle axe, like. I agree with you. It's a weapon that's it's hard to put that weapon down. But um, if it came to you know the battle axe versus the bastard Bella would, I would put it down for that because this bastard weapon, you know, it, it does have you know really good stats for what I want, and it does do the job that I want. So yeah. Um, going down our list again, you know, we can kind of just go through our list, you know, really fast one more time. You know, my number one was bastard Bella Wood. Number two, Cleo battle axe. Number three, Cleo Longblade. Number four, the Fire Chief's Crowbar. Number five, the RTX Extermination Blade. Number six was the X Cadaver. Number seven, the Monogear Axe. Number eight, the RTS Crusher. Number nine was the Cleo Great Hammer. And then my number 10 was the Cleo Mace. My number one was the Cleo Battle Axe. And two was Cleo Mace. My number third pick was the Katana Machete. My number fourth pick was the Rebar Blade. My number fifth pick was the Uber Melee. The number six, I came in with the Excadaver Saint Jill. Number seven was the Cleo Handle. Uh, and then my number eight was the Wooden Bat. The number nine was the Crowbar, Common Crowbar. And then the ten was the uh, Common Pipe. Yeah, so I think we, you know, outlined a lot of, you know, great weapons here and you know hopefully this helps listeners, you know, determine what weapons they should be using for melee because i think you know throughout this podcast we've definitely outlined you know what makes a great we- melee weapon and what um you know kind of doesn't really matter as much for melee weapons yep yep i agree um trying to pick in the same factors you know uh, personal preference it comes down to uh what your character uh, can do and you know, what your personal preference right and that's you know something that definitely goes into it because you know, you use a lot more, you know, personal preference or, you know, sentimental value to you in your list. Um, for me, I basically just looked like, okay, what's the stats? You know, what is going to give me the best stats? And for me, you know, I'm more of like a, a stats guy like that, that, you know, so that's why my list is more based on that. A man of logistics. <laughs> definitely. That, that's something I definitely like to use. So you're, you know, you're the red why, talent you know, character I, with logistics. I would be, you know, that's why I'm really glad that they actually put that in there because it's funny, like, um, you know, in planning all these events we do, like, I'm like the scheduling wizard, Mr. Dark, Dark Carl's me, because, yeah. you know, I do like all the scheduling and I make the schedule perfect and all that stuff. So, yeah, and that's what I love. That's one of the things about uh, my brand champion bootcamp is encouraging individuals to find their passions, what they're good at, because we're all, we all have that, you know, that's that each of us have that spark. 
and it behooves us to find that spark and to do things that that makes that spark glow. You know, and if it's logistics and numbers and or stats and scheduling things like that with you, um, you know, it's just that's your spark. It, it's just behooves us to put you in behaviors that make that spark. Absolutely, and you know that's one of the cool things about our state of the cake community because in this state of the cake community we have so many people that you know have different skill sets and they have different preferences and it's really a great community. I really love the state of the cake community we have. Absolutely, just like in the game bringing together people with uh, commonalities, but that, that special fifth skill that you bring to the community, whatever you bring, that value. Everyone has a value to bring to the community, and it is an amazing growing community. Growing by leaps and bounds, that's a dream come true for me. Definitely. I agree, and you know, I look forward to more in the future because I can only see this community growing in the future, and I can't wait for more events. So we'll have to you know, put something together for next event. But, I mean, that's all I have to say about melee weapons, unless you have something else, you know, last minute? Um, last minute about melee weapons, I would say stop pouring so many bullets into juggernauts. That's what I would say. <laughs> stop and pull over and pull out your melee weapon, holster your weapon, and get to know that juggernaut, you know. <laughs> and and let's give him a fair chance because he's not, of course, all zombies. None of them carry weapons except the bloater. Um, but get to know that juggernaut and and give him a, a fair fight in in the in the in the match and uh, stop pouring so many bullets. In. Other than well, that, well, just you know, give me a barbecue fork then, and I'll be ready to do there it. There you go, <laughs> and I'm ready to clip it. <laughs> and if you happen to lose fun. your avatar, he dies finally. It's like a knight. <laughs> exactly. But um, you know, it's definitely fun to have you on. And you know, before we end, I'll give you know the news items we have at the top of the podcast again, really fast. Uh, my next stream is going to be one to five today. You know, on Saturday, I'll be doing one to three with Jurgen, who is Undead Labs developer, and then I'll be doing three p.m. to five p.m. Eastern with Mister Dart, who organized Undead Trials with me. The next podcast is probably going to be pretty brief. Um, it's probably going to be like half the size of this podcast. And it's going to be on the impressions of the Generation Zero beta. So I'll give some impressions on that and, you know, kind of what I think, um, what I've seen from some videos on that. So you'll get some impressions on that. That's the game that's coming out next year. But before we go, Sizzle, um, you know, how can people find you if they want to find you? Oh, well, they can look into the... the, the... The notes here of this podcast, for one second, they can come to Twitch if you have a Twitch account. Uh, my Twitch ID is K-C-I-Z-Z-L-E, the number three, and then G. That spells out K-Sizzle, three G, um, Twitch. And you can find all of my, in the panels on Twitch, you can find links to all of my Instagram, Facebook, pretty much the same across the internet. If you type in KCizzle3G, you're going to find a link that you can connect to me with. KCIZZLE3G. The only one around. Absolutely. I'll definitely put links to that in the show notes so people can find that if they you know look in the show notes. And if you want to find me and contact me, then you can do so via my email, theblazeexperience at gmail.com. You can do so via Twitter or Xbox. My Twitter and Xbox, the same thing. You can find me at Blaze Experience, capital B-L-A-I-S-E, capital X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E. I do also have a mixer for my streaming, so it's just going to be mixer.com slash Blaze Experience. 
We also have a Facebook group now. So if you want to join that Facebook group, then that will be in the show notes. You can join that Facebook group. And we also have a YouTube as well. So on YouTube and Facebook, if you just search for The Blaze Experience, you can find our group or my YouTube channel. And all the podcasts will be there as well. So you know those are definitely great ways to get a hold of me. And then, of course, we have Discord. So the Discord will be in the show notes. And if you want to join my Discord, then feel free and you can leave me feedback on there. But if you want to find the podcast and you're not going to use Facebook or YouTube, then you can find it on any podcast app. So that's going to be on Stitcher. It's going to be on iTunes. It'll be on Google Podcast. Uh, I use Podcast Addict on Android a lot. That's the one I use. You can find it on Radio Public, Podbean, Blueberry, basically any app except for like one or two that I'm trying to get into still. They're just you know, a little bit harder to get into. But you know that's how you can find us. And I hope you enjoy this episode. You know, we talked a lot about the melee weapons and we kind of, you know, gave a good picture of what's a good melee weapon and what isn't. So, you know, I definitely appreciate everyone listening. And, you know, Kay Sizzle, I appreciate you coming on here with me. Thank you. I appreciate being invited. Absolutely. It was a great honor. Thank you so much. The one and only podcast dedicated to staying with the very passionate about this game. Thank you so much. No, you're welcome. And, you know, as you said, it's the only podcast on State of Decay. So, you know, hopefully everyone uh, appreciates that. And we're going to keep coming back every week. So every Saturday we'll have more episodes. So, you know, thank you, as always, to listeners. And thank you for listening to Police Experience. (laughs) 